Thank you for joining us for this episode of Level Up, the podcast for marketers by marketers created by Lev that distills best practices and strategies focused on helping marketers increase their EXP, one-up their strategy, and grow personally and professionally. We're your hosts. I'm Joe Kaltenfaller, Senior Manager of our Data and Identity Practice here at Lev, and I am joined by... It's me, Laura Madden. I am the Senior Manager of Marketing Strategy and Services. So Joe and I will be your strategic and technical arm um, as we navigate these discussions today. So Joe, what are we uh, what are we here to talk about today? Yes, so today we're diving into the captivating world of artificial intelligence and its impact on the marketing landscape. But before we delve into the deep end of AI, let's break the ice with a thought-provoking question. And that question is, if you could have an AI-powered marketing assistant with one extraordinary ability, what would it be and why? Whew. I mean, other than like the, you know, the genie answer of like, can I have more wishes? Like, can I have you make like more AI marketer babies to do these things for me? Um, I think mine, if it could magically tell me like why people aren't converting, I feel like that's the age old question of like, we're driving traffic, we're getting qualified traffic, we're getting people and they're just not converting. And we make our best guesses of, you know, if it's e-com is the checkout process not clear enough or is the offer not good enough? Is the price not right? Like what that is, if somehow my little AI buddy could like pinpoint at the user level, like Joe, why aren't you buying my stuff? Like I'd probably be a millionaire. Yeah. Or a bajillionaire maybe even. Yeah. I, I really like that. I think um, my answer gets pretty meta because I want my AI to be so smart that it, if I ask it this question, AI, what ability should you have? It would be able to tell me what it should have, and then it would have that. And then you see where I'm going. It's it's Skynet, Stop it's Terminator, it. it's the end of the world. So <laughs> that's what Joe I Joe took it too far. You took it too far already. <laughs> well, I Joe has kind of given us a glimpse of what some people think or expect AI to be, and basically <laughs> being monsters who take over the world, robots, whatever that might be. But for the purpose of this discussion, let's define like what AI is and what we mean when we say artificial intelligence, specifically as it relates to marketing technology. Yeah, I think it's a really good place to start. And so, yeah, let, let's just define that right now. So AI or artificial intelligence, basically think of it as a way to make machines or computers think and learn similar to how humans do. So just like you learn new things by practicing and getting better over time, AI is all about teaching computers to do the exact same thing. So think of it, I don't know, simply put, think of it as having like a really smart friend who can solve problems, play games or even help you with different tasks if you ask it. And honestly, you've already probably come into contact with it through things like a voice assistant, video games, or even chatbots. So it's really all about making machines or computers really smart and helpful as the primary purpose. So, you know, nothing scary at all about that. Right, 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 right. Um, no, I love your point about 
that you may have already encountered that. I think from a marketing perspective and a consulting perspective, when we think about like how we're trying to move our clients forward and have them be more advanced, you know, we operate off of like a marketing maturity curve where the end all be all and kind of the tip top of that has always included an AI element. And, you know, up until, you know, maybe the last three to six months, yes, that's always been the goal, but it's kind of been out of reach. It's like, well, yeah, of course, I would love to be able to have AI power everything that I do. And that's ultimately what I'm kind of trying to get at. But I'll just stay over here in my like segmentation lane or, you know, make sure that I have some things automated and I've got segmentation running and that's going to be good enough for me because AI is not really achievable. But with even just those items that you mentioned and some of the newer technologies that we're going to talk about today, like it's feasible for you to get to that like ultimate point of the marketing maturity curve sooner rather than later. And it's not just like a pipe dream and you say, oh yeah, sure, I'll go tell my C-suite. We're aiming to be AI driven, knowing that we're never going to get there. It's like, oh, you're going to have to put your money where your mouth is and you might actually get there. But that's, it's a little bit scary, but it's more exciting because it could be a thing and it's going to free you up to do other things um, once you train the machines to kind of do more of the like mundane tasks. Yeah. So with that in and mind, I think, real quick, I think yeah. something that kind of dovetails off of that is like, I think a lot of people hear AI and immediately think, oh, the model's just going to do everything for me, or uh, I just buy the thing and then, you know, look at our revenue 10x or something to that effect. When really, like I'd mentioned earlier, the model is only as good as the data that you give it. And so there's essentially there's a need to be involved and to not assume that you buy the thing or you implement the thing and then it just works you have to and we'll we'll talk about this a little bit throughout the episode today but you have to be willing to be a part of the process and be there to provide inputs or course corrections and ultimately kind of provide that oversight um yeah so i think that's just a thing that might get overlooked or people may not realize that there's the human element still. Um, but I think it's just something good to just kind of bring up. Yeah, AI has to learn, but that means it needs a teacher. And uh, spoiler, yes. that's probably going to be you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful what you sign up for. That's right. All right. So as we talk about some of these things that we're going to need to teach, to get smarter from an AI perspective. Um, what are the what are some of the programs that you're seeing out there right now, Joe, that that you've been playing around with and you think that you know our customers could play around with from an AI perspective? Yeah, it's honestly if you've been on LinkedIn or read a news article in the last six months, you've probably heard of either one of these programs. And so I think it's probably good to focus on two main ones. And those are chat GPT. And I'm probably going to get some eye rolls because it's <laughs> talked about so much. But chat GPT is one and then Dolly or a similar program to Dolly is called Stable Diffusion. But we'll just be talking about chat GPT and Dolly. And so First off, I'll just kind of start off with a quick little, you know, intro on ChatGPT. So, ChatGPT is essentially a computer program that allows you to have conversations 
with this computer, <laughs> similar to how you would have a conversation with a human. Uh, it uses a ton of information that it has learned from reading and learning all about the world to understand and respond to what people say. And it's been trained by analyzing just loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads and loads of data. <laughs> so that's ChatGPT. So think of it as text input, text output. So ask it a question, get an answer. That's ChatGPT. And then uh, the second item is Dolly. So similar to how ChatGPT operates with a text input, Dolly is the same, but instead of that, it provides a generated image output. So pretty awesome. So think of it as you provide it a prompt like, Dolly, I want a image of a cat wearing a hat. And it will produce an image, look a very realistic image based on that text input. That's a cat in a hat. Uh, the more specific you get, and this will be a theme that we talk about today, but the better you get at prompting these two engines, these two programs, the better your output and the more specific your output will be. So the better teacher you are, the better your student will be. Ooh, yes. Put Ooh. that on a t-shirt. Ooh, buddy. Uh, coaster, all the all the swag. Yes. Um, well, I mean, Joe, I know we had time to prep for this, but like those explanations were spot on from, from my POV and were like, super helpful, even though I've been in the space and understanding it. So like, I just want to say like kudos to you for putting those definitions together. And I hope that they were helpful for our audience. Well, you are so very welcome. And you should actually be thanking ChatGPT because I knew what we were going to talk about today. And honestly, our little intro icebreaker question was generated by ChatGPT. The artificial intelligence description was generated by ChatGPT. I asked it to describe it to a third grader. And then the <laughs> definition for ChatGPT and Dolly were all, all of its, all of its ChatGPT. So uh, my job today was to ask it questions and then read off the answers. So you're welcome. I feel, I feel bamboozled. I feel hoodwinked. I feel like <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. Are you even Joe? I'm unclear. I think you are ChatGPT. Yes, Laura. <laughs> you are the <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, whether I liked it or not, um, Joe just gave us some really great examples of how you could leverage um, some of these AI functionalities. But I think what we've been seeing is, you know, they might not be ready for prime time in terms of like, like you were saying earlier, Joe, like just input some stuff and it's like, cool, I don't even need to look at it. Shoot out this email to my couple million subscribers and I'm just going to trust what <laughs> ChatGPT and Dolly say. Like, we're probably not ready for that. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about why in a bit. But what it is ready for um, and can be really useful for is just like brainstorming. So especially in you know, I sound so cliche, like the fast paced world or whatever, but, uh, you know, a lot of you might just be like a marketing team of one and it's on you to generate all of these subject lines and generate copy. Um, in my, you know, early marketing days, I remember I wrote SEO copy for a promotional products company and they had about 30 different types of promotional pens. And I was like, 
I'm running out of ways to cleverly say you should put your company name on this pin and sell it. And then we like, it was just a hot mess. So I'm thinking like chat GPT could have been very helpful for me as I'm like getting burnt out writing about promotional pens. Um, or, you know, we're, we're all remote. You're sitting in your, in your home office trying to figure out, you know, what the heck am I going to do for this presentation for, you know, all of these things. Chat GPT can kind of be your, your brainstorming buddy. It can help with that. Um, it might not necessarily give you like a really great ROI to start with. It's not necessarily going to save you like a ton of time and money maybe at the very outset. So it's another kind of expectation you should have because again, you have to teach it. You have to refine your prompts, whatever. But like, it's a great starting point instead of just our normal, well, let me Google this. It's like, oh, well, let me ask my, my chat GPT buddy. So I think from a brainstorming perspective, um, that could be really helpful. And Joe, I know you probably played around with this even more because you just went nuts with the chat GPT ahead of this. So you probably have even more examples for us. Yeah, no, I totally did. So I used uh, Northern Trail Outfitters kind of as like an example. So, you know, outdoor Salesforce's outdoor gear brand uh, that that they often use for like a sample e-commerce like retail example. Um, so I, yeah, literally wanted to put my money where my mouth was. And, uh, since this is an episode about AI and, you know, we wanted to provide a couple examples of, you know, some ideas or how to use chat GPT as a brainstorming tool. Uh, I went through an exercise myself, the prompt that I, that I gave chat GPT probably went in way too much detail <laughs> at the start. But here is the full paragraph. And here's an example, you know, just right off the bat of how you can provide a prompt and then get an output. So here's the prompt that I provided. Provide five email subject line options for a retail company providing outdoor gear to people with differing levels of expertise uh, around the outdoors, ranging from hobbyists to professional outdoor athletes. The user persona I would like to target is a hobbyist outdoor camper between the ages of 20 and 32 years old, female, owns a dog, and goes camping one to two times per month. The email content is intended to provide personalized gear recommendations based on recent purchases this type of customer has made before and should be no more than seven words. Well, hot dang. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm gonna, that's pretty I'm specific. I'm going to take a deep breath because uh, I'm a little lightheaded after reading the prompt. But that's an example of this is how specific you can get. Uh, and if you see the output at the end, which I'll, I'll read a couple of these off, if you see the output and you're not happy with it, feel free to go in and tweak it. And that's what we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. So here, here are a couple examples. Discover perfect gear for your outdoor camping adventures, exclamation point. Tailored gear suggestions for your outdoor escapades, exclamation point. Get the best camping gear just for you, exclamation point. So a couple of those examples, right? I think Chad GPT went very heavy on the exclamation points, uh, which again, nothing wrong with being, you know, excited about camping gear and getting outside. Uh, but I think it's a great example of, you know, within that you've got a couple like keywords that you might really like. So having the word tailored versus just for you or 
camping adventures versus outdoor escapades. Like, I don't know. I think this is a great example of like just immediately coming up with some topics or ideas or bullet points that you can just look at. And then that just starts to create a lot of brainstorming opportunities from that output right away. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this kind of serves the purpose of like a thesaurus, like just what you were saying of like, oh, I like I got stuck and I'm always saying adventures. Maybe escapades isn't exactly the word you want to use, but it, like it gets you <laughs> thinking in the other way. I don't know. Escapades has me all in a different headspace. Like it, that just that one's a little weird to me. But um, you know, it can it can act as that thesaurus. It can even just things like tailored versus personalized or the just for you like if this really helps you like get stuck in a rut and while your um prompt was very specific if you think about it like when you know your brand that's what's going through your head all the time anyway like you know what your brand is about so the idea of like we market from hobbyists to professionals and we want to give professional recommendations you probably even loosely have your personas together of saying like most of the people that shop my company have a dog or, you know, this is like how often they do. So like, that's not something that you have to create out of thin air. You probably already have all of that information. It might just be in your brain or it might be written down in a presentation that you have on personas or whatever, but this also just helps it be a little bit more scalable. So we say like, if, if you're a if you're a marketing uh, team of one and you win the lottery, you're like, well, there goes all of your knowledge about how we write this content uh, because we didn't have any of it written down. If you have all of these prompts together, um, you know that could be helpful. So it it might be a little bit more work up front, but feels like it could be really beneficial in the long long run in your marketing escapades. <laughs> well, I think even like to your you point, to your point, even going through the mental exercise of creating the prompt and then the mental sweat that it takes to review it, iterate and adjust, I think helps you as a marketer further define and hone in on exactly, you know, what fits, what doesn't like through this kind of almost conversational process, you're starting to get a better idea of who like even in these prompts, like there's nothing in here about dogs. So maybe I go back to ChatGPT and say, yeah. okay, well, maybe I really want this to be a dog focused <laughs> subject line. Uh, and now you have to get into the mindset of what's the right level of creepy, right? Like if we have the data, again, we've talked about this a lot on earlier episodes. If we have the data, should we use all of the data that we have? What's the right level of personalization where, you know, if we know that this person or this audience has made purchases of, uh, you know, dog related items before, is it like, is it okay for us as the marketing team to tell the person that we know that fact, you know, uh, yeah. is that the expectation? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a, a couple, I'll just run through like a couple of thoughts that I have as I was going through uh, this, this prompt format which, you know, like, so as I said, we got a lot of exclamation marks. We didn't get any dog content. Maybe we want an A-B campaign or an A-B test of a dog-related subject line or not. Maybe we want subject lines that instead of, you know, 
exclamation marks. Maybe we want something that is a question, right? Like these are quick, easy tweaks that you can ask the AI model to adjust the output and give you even more options. You can change the number, the max number of words. Uh, you can adjust the themes or the keywords that are in there as well. So these are some ways to just think about like, even if that first round wasn't great or was overly excited, um, you can just use that as a jumping off point to, you know, iterate and adjust based on what you're looking for. I mean, I'm going to argue you can never be too excited about personalized outdoor gear. So <laughs> first of all, how dare you? Um, and I think exclamation point is always necessary. The <laughs> last thing I'll say on this is you saying it's conversational. I can just imagine maybe this is just me as a crazy marketer of like, you put these prompts in, chat GPT spits them out and you're like, chat GPT, you're crazy. Like this has nothing to do with it. And then you're like, oh, you kind of have to like hold yourself accountable and be like, well, maybe I wasn't specific enough or whatever. Like you just think inherently like, well, yeah, of course you would do this. Like, of course I wouldn't put an exclamation point after everything. Or of course, like I would say X, Y, Z, but like when you have to be a little bit more literal and like very definitive in what you're doing, like it kind of forces you, like you said, to go through that exercise. So I could see some people like getting in arguments with AI, but I would hope that we would win. Um, but yeah, could be could be a fun exercise there for sure. Yeah, and it doesn't always listen because there are a couple times where oh. I use the seven word limit and I would see eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, like ChatGPT was just kind of right. you know, forgetting that part of the prompt, but which, you know, at the end of the day, that's why we have the prompter, right? right? Rude. Maybe ChatGPT is really just a bunch of toddlers who also don't listen. Maybe I'm being triggered by my four-year-old. Yeah. More exclamation points. Okay, so that was our fun with ChatGPT. I would say that, you know, Dolly from like the imagery standpoint is really pretty similar. And I'm sure, you know, my creative team would come for me on, on some of these things. However, I know that they would agree that like, you know, a big part of the design process is just kind of like getting over that brainstorming hump and figuring out like, what that starting point is like I'm, i think there's you know the, the blank page insert you know cliche quote here but just like figuring out where to start and what to do with that that dolly can serve and and similar um programs can serve you know a very similar function from a brainstorming standpoint that chat gpt can like it's you know we've talked about this some of the limitations with it right now and it needs to be better defined. I know we've done some tests internally at Lev that I found that, you know, maybe having it produce like stock imagery of people, not so great. Cause uh, Joe, didn't we see some people had like extra fingers or like your nose might be like where your ear is or something like that. But yeah. if you're just looking for like stock imagery or, you know, background image or something like that, like it could be really helpful and could take some of that manual work off too. So lots of great possibilities for brainstorming and the like with, with imagery as well. Yeah, like unless you're looking for like some like Salvador Dali, like abstract impressionist, like, yeah, like you said, Picasso, ear where your nose is kind of deal. <laughs> 
Uh, I would definitely have someone double check before you copy paste that into uh, an email to your subscribers for them. Yeah, uh, it can be kind of a mess. I know, Joe, you were trying to get super meta with this too. Did you? Uh, did you end up having Chat GPT like create a Dolly prompt? Like, I don't know. My brain started like spinning like crazy when you were talking about like AI on top of AI and, and how yeah. that can work. Yeah. And Thank that's again, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of give a little teaser. That's something that we're going to share like an output of like this whole process end to end where you can use chat GPT. You come up with this um, in this example that we were showing about or talking about for email subject lines. So I kept adding on to this. It's, it's just not a great format when I can't like visually show you like I had this whole thing where it outputted this like five or six column table where I asked ChatGPT to basically tell me why it came up with the subject line that it did given the prompt and the user demographic that I provided. And I also had it give me a three sentence section of body copy based on the subject line that it provided as well. So it all kind of dovetails. And then the last part, kind of the pro pro level move was asking chat GPT again for the same subject line that it provided the reasoning why it provided the subject, the body copy and uh, the, the reasoning why for all of it. I also had it generate a prompt for Dolly to come up with relevant imagery that was related to all of that as well. So now you're you're kind of having AI talk to AI like you were saying, and you're kind of layering it, which again, yeah, you think you kind of need someone in the in the driver's seat to to broker that and just like double check yeah. everything's kosher. Teacher might become a PhD by the end of all of this. I don't know. That's right. Hopefully not. I don't think so. I think I think it's fine. I love how you made it like show its receipts of like, no, you tell me why you said this chat GPT. Exactly. <laughs> you Which again, spit this again, out with like, no explanation. Well, it's interesting to think about like there's a reason it provided this response and it's kind of yeah it's asking yeah show me your homework show me your work uh which again is an additional layer of insight in the brainstorming process where even like now you have even more things for you the prompter to look at to be oh i didn't think of that component like there was there was one of the subject lines that said something to the effect of oh we're using uh the fear of missing out to make someone like really desire clicking into this email, um, which like that that's one last thing that I'll kind of use to like wrap up this like AI related section for like this email example is uh, if you have data on your top performing click through rate email subject lines, that's something that you can provide as context to an AI model like ChatGPT. So you can say, hey, I want an email subject line for you know this audience that the body copy is kind of about this. And here are my top three or top five performing click-through rate uh, subject lines to essentially start to train the model specific to your business and what people are clicking on for you. And then see how ChatGPT responds and how that adjusts. So you can use, again, like data is the currency. Like, Training the model is a really important component if 
it hasn't been clear already. That's kind of been the main main yeah. thing we keep talking about today. But I thought that was just interesting as um, testing that out. That just makes me think. I bet I bet there's going to be a job in the future that is like prompt trainer. Oh yeah. Like, do you think that could be like someone's job? Absolutely. Prompt engineer. You know, prompt architect. Yeah. You know, throw the prompt oh, rock star throw whatever <laughs> moniker you want on it. But yeah, I definitely think there's there's going to be, be a thing. I mean, if nothing else, you should add it to your own LinkedIn profile. Like, I think everybody could be a prompt engineer. It's yeah. pretty snazzy. And totally. And don't forget, don't forget to ask ChatGPT to help you craft what you should put on your <laughs> LinkedIn response as well. So meta. Yeah. So meta. Oh, man. Well, we spent a lot of time on ChatGPT and Dolly as kind of the, the new cool things, but we don't want to forget about kind of the, the out-of-the-box baseline AI functionality that you might already have, especially if you are in the kind of Salesforce, specifically Salesforce marketing cloud ecosystem that we want to make sure that everybody is taking advantage of, right? Like these are some of those things that you might not necessarily think of them as AI because they're not like as like super cool and sexy as some of this other stuff, but like it's still that core definition of data in, output out, and it's being trained. So um, the one that is nearest and dearest to me is Einstein within Salesforce Marketing Cloud, specifically send time optimization or STO for short. So this, I think, is so powerful because it really answers the age-old question that so many email marketers have been faced with of, when is the best time to send my email? Like, I think that kind of probably gives every email marketer a little bit of a twitch um, because you've gone through all the tests of like, oh, Monday is the best day to send. And unless it's the second Monday and unless it's a, a Black, you know, it's a deal, Black Friday deal, or unless it's this, unless you're... Um, in this persona, then it's on Wednesdays, but it's always in the morning, except when it's in the afternoon. Like it's just, it's too much and all of the testing that you have to go through. STO really like takes all of that onus off of you and it learns, um, you know, some of it's behind a black box, but it's really looking at what people are doing when they're opening, when they're engaging, and it will assign a personalized send time to each subscriber. And even if they don't have a personalized send time yet, so maybe, you know, I'm lapsed, I'm not doing a whole heck of a lot in email. So it doesn't have enough information to create that for me. It will use like that wisdom of the crowds as the default even. So you don't even as the marketer have to pick the default time. Einstein will pick that for you too, based on kind of how everybody is performing. So to me, that's a really great baseline AI tool for you to use if you're using Salesforce Marketing Cloud, whether it's in your journeys and like using it for wait steps and saying, well, they just need to receive the second email sometime within the next seven days. Einstein, you tell me when. Or if it's in your promotional emails and you say, I want to make sure they receive it in the morning so that they have time to shop, but let me put a four-hour STO window on this and, and just let it run. So I think that those are some great options um, that are, again, pretty out of the box that has a lot of AI power behind it from a marketing cloud perspective. And you guys know that I'm the, the email person. 
Um, so of course I'm going to talk about email and Joe, I think is going to walk us through some, some web, um, some web things. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of products out there today already on the market for web personalization and RTIM real-time interaction management. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll quickly make a plug for marketing cloud personalization, formerly interaction studio. So, uh, similar to how send time optimization looks at a huge bucket, like captures a ton of data, looks at all the data and then makes a decision as a result of what the data is telling the model to do. Uh, interaction studio or marketing cloud personalization operates the same way where we set up a data model specific to the client's business and are capturing these behavioral triggers for the products that that client has on their website. So for example, viewing or adding to cart, purchasing, favoriting, uh, things like that, we can capture all of those behaviors and then start to build relevant product recommendations as a result of you know, different algorithms that we can tell the model to output. So for this email, maybe I want recommendations that are a result of things that they have purchased in the last 30 days that are not currently in their cart. That is a rule that can be set up and told to the model and have relevant recommendations output. Maybe we want uh, a web scenario where on a product page we have items in the same category, but not the current item that's being displayed. That's another example of how the data, how we build the model, how we train the model can all come together to then provide our desired output for, you know, what is the, you know, the right set of recommendations in this particular context for this user at this current moment in time. So there's, and again, like that is not science fiction, that's science fact. This can be done today, which is pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. And I think the possibilities are endless when you get into MCP, marketing cloud personalization. Like it's scary, but exciting all at the same time. So hopefully everybody's taking advantage of that. Oh boy, deep breath, because we covered a lot today when it comes to AI, artificial intelligence. Um, so we hope you've learned a lot, even if it's just that Joe hoodwinked me into uh, making me think that he did all of that himself. Just kidding, Joe. Um, but kind of the, the high level takeaways that we have today is, you know, first off, don't just let AI run amok. Don't just, you know, set, this is definitely not a set it and forget it situation. You don't just turn it on and let it run. You definitely want to make sure you have that human check, the human QA, be your own prompt engineer, um, add it to your LinkedIn profile and, you know, be prepared to maybe lose some of that efficiency at the beginning. And that's okay. Just like level set your expectations for what you're going to get out of leveraging this AI, especially if it's in a brainstorm scenario, like a chat GPT or Dolly, like it might actually take you a little bit longer at the start. Um, once you're refining all those prompts and things like that. So just be ready for it and try to balance playing around without getting stuck at rabbit holes. Joe, I don't I don't know if you're a cautionary tale <laughs> for that or or if you felt like you did you did a good job. Probably a little bit of both. But uh, yeah, definitely both. Be, I, 
I would say, yeah, give give yourself enough time to enjoy learning. Like this is a skill. Like prompting, it sounds crazy, but prompting the platform is a skill. It's something you learn to get better at. I am not at all espousing to be a PhD prompt engineer at this point. Uh, but just from using it more, seeing outputs, seeing oh, that looks a little weird. Uh, the more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, for sure. Um, and and with that too, I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, whew, I am not ready to play around with chat GPT or Dolly, like I don't have the bandwidth, we're just not ready for it, like whatever, like that's okay. It's okay to start small with some out-of-the-box solutions, you know, whatever provider that you're using in email or web, there's there's probably a little bit of something out there that's already built in like the STO or, you know, product recommendations that we talked about um, in MCP. So that's AI too, right? So like, that's okay. You have to start somewhere on that marketing maturity curve. And with that, just like stay curious and keep, keep learning and, and growing. Cause I'm sure if we were to do this podcast again in probably a month, we'd be talking about something different with AI. So like, you're not going to get left behind because AI is like leaving itself behind probably <laughs> like, you know, it's outpacing itself. So that's okay. Just play around with it. Any, uh, any parting words on that, Joe? I mean, I think curiosity is probably like your best friend in this scenario where again, as I'm going through, I'm thinking, you know, through the exercise, I'm thinking, okay, how would I use this? Right. Cause even the format that it spits out initially is like, you know, bullet points. And then the more I think about it, I'm like, okay, well, actually I want to keep adding on to this. I wonder if, right, and that's kind of how I kept going through the process personally through this was, I wonder if I ask it to do this, what'll, you know, what'll happen? Uh, so keeping that, yeah, that kind of like childlike <laughs> curiosity. And I mean, I don't know, like, I'm just a tinkerer. I love to try and break things. Uh, so the fact that it kept spitting out like eight or 10 word responses, even though I kept saying seven very specifically was a little bit maddening, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, approaching all this with a healthy dose of skepticism, like being prepared to say, okay, well, that was a little interesting, but I don't know if I can use any of this. I think that's okay too. Like just, you know, have metered expectations as you're going into you know, this this type of thing where though it is getting really, really popular and is kind of in the forefront of <laughs> society at the moment, it is still, I mean, there's the more it learns, the better it gets. And the more prompts you put in, the more the greater model uh, is built and continues to grow. But it's still, I mean, we're only a few months into this being like, you know, kind of open source and out there and usable at the scale that it's at. So again, like it's exciting, yes, but healthy expectations are always good. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Level Up. Looking to continue to level up your knowledge on the latest news, technology, and marketing trends affecting marketers day to day? Stay tuned for future episodes of Level Up with new episodes coming out every other Thursday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Until next time, thank you for leveling up your marketing knowledge with us.